0: Welcome to the Urban Grace Weekly Podcast. Urban Grace is an inclusive ecumenical church in the heart of downtown Tacoma, Washington that seeks to be a spiritual home for folks from all sorts of backgrounds. Come check us out Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. at the corner of Ninth and Market. And of course, there are more details at urbangrace.org.
1: Our scripture reading today is from Job chapter 38. Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. Who is this darkening council with words lacking knowledge? Prepare yourself like a man. I will interrogate you, and you will respond to me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Tell me if you know. Who set its measurements? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring tape on it? On what were its footings sunk? Who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang in unison and all the divine beings shouted? Who enclosed the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb, when I made the clouds its garment, the dense clouds its wrap, when I imposed my limit for it, put on a bar and doors and said, you may come this far, no farther. Here your proud waves stop. Have you gone to the sea's sources, walked in the chamber of the deep? Have death's gates been revealed to you? Can you see the gates of deep darkness? Have you surveyed earth's expanses? Tell me if you know everything about it. This is the word of the Lord.
0: would you please pray with me we give you thanks for your spirit that saturates the whole earth that fills every inch of creation that is present even now we pray that we will feel your presence and that we may hear your word for us amen So today is the seventh Sunday in our like our summer series on spirituality and we are focusing on spirituality because of a growing awareness that that we spend a lot of time discussing what we believe about God but we don't always spend a lot of time talking about how we connect to God and that that lack of attention is is probably not because we all have, like, amazing spiritual lives and we don't need any help, but because we maybe feel like the opposite, uh, that our spiritual lives are a little dry and maybe we feel disconnected or a little ashamed about that. And, And I know that doesn't apply to everyone. I'm sure many of us have great, rich spiritual lives, but even if that is the case, it feels wise to keep learning about spirituality, largely because there are a lot of different aspects of spirituality, of Christian spirituality that we might not know about uh, or grown up with. And spirituality is what animates our faith and connects us to God. So that's sort of what we've been up to this summer. Um, We've looked at, oh, I don't know, prayer and engaging our bodies in worship. We've looked at writing and social justice and meditation. And today, we're going to talk about beauty and awe. And we we sort of got here to beauty and awe um, by beginning our discussion around the spirituality of art. And and I think sort of how I meandered my way here is because I I do this dumb little thing where I sort of try to like pick my most sacred moment of the year, Uh, so like, whenever I have some moment that feels, I don't know, transcendent, I stop and pause and try to memorialize it. I tell myself, remember this moment and remember how you feel right now. And, and I notice that uh, particularly over the last couple years, a lot of these sacred moments have come through art. And, and art can provide all kinds of spiritual value. It, It can inspire us. It can tell us deep truth. But what I noticed is that my particular spiritual moments uh, seemed to happen when art caused an overwhelming sense of awe. Just this last year, the one that really stood out to me was a concert that I was at, or a show, uh, that was uh, like live dance and live music and uh i I just sat there for an hour i was glued to my chair knowing that this this beautiful moment was about to pass but in the meantime i was consumed by some beauty that felt bigger than me beauty i didn't create beauty i could not create And, and i didn't think about this until i had to write a sermon on it But we have a word for this in church. It's called reverence. That feeling we get when when we get a sense for our smallness or our limitations. And and not because we are insignificant or we are worthless, but more like we are in the the orbit of something awesome. And, And of course, this doesn't always or only come through art, it, I know the first time I watched the documentary Blue Planet, have you all ever seen that? It's it's one of those Earth documentaries, it's on Netflix, you should totally watch it. Uh, as I watched it, I was overcome by the fact that 99% of the living space on our planets is in the oceans. A, a majority of life on Earth exists, not on land, but under the seas. And that uh, that just sort of... Uh, overwhelmed me a little bit and changed how I thought about myself in relation to the world. It it made me a little bit more reverent. And (laughs) this might sound just like, uh, I don't know, hippy-dippy spirituality for crunchy liberals in the Pacific Northwest. (laughs) And it might be hippy-dippy spirituality for crunchy liberals in the Pacific Northwest. But, But God's... First language is beauty. The first chapter of the Hebrew Bible is a poem describing how God created with liquid lines of light and dark, how God called forth stars and sun and a world that was blooming with fresh life. And from those first moments, God has been speaking with beauty. with with Abraham uh, illuminating the night sky, telling Abraham about his many descendants in in a bush that, that burst into flame through the embrace of broken, failing flesh and broken, failing people. God speaks through beauty. So, when the Bible turns to the question of suffering, of human suffering, God responds with a call to awe and reverence. We actually talked a few weeks ago when we were talking about the spirituality of writing, uh, about the book of Job, and how it uses creative writing to explore suffering. And in that, in that tale, in that story, Job's world falls apart. It just gets worse and worse and worse. So his friends tell him, you can call out to God, but God will never respond. But then, 38 chapters in, God does respond. But not by explaining away Job's suffering, because there is no sufficient reason for the suffering that we endure. Instead, God reminds Job of the beauty and the magnitude of creation. It, it feels, that, that scripture that Joel read, it, it feels like God is telling Job, yes, yes, you are suffering. I won't dispute it. I won't try to explain it. But before it consumes you, take a look around. Have you seen the stars? Have you ever thought about how you got here? How any of this got here? And in response, Job is silent. And we don't know what, we don't know if Job liked God's response, which I actually really appreciate, because it feels like, it feels like it honors Job's suffering. It it leaves open the possibility that When we're in the midst of suffering, we might not be able to just snap out of it. Even true words from God might not help. But true words are still spoken. The invitation is given. God invites Job to to shift his attention away from his present suffering. God invites Job to zoom out And see a world that's bigger than his pain. God invites Job to ponder the stars and the seas and the mountains and be filled with reverence. Yet as we think about beauty and awe and reverence as a spiritual practice, it's a little bit tricky because because awe isn't something that we can just conjure up never ever never ever have i thought oh cool that minute that meeting finished 10 minutes early why don't i spend that 10 minutes encountering overwhelming beauty that alters my sense of self and reorients my relationship to the world it's not like scripture or prayer that we can schedule or build into our schedule but we can develop practices that make us more reverent by by opening us up to the beauty that's all around us my my favorite spiritual writer Barbara Brown Taylor uh, has a little section on this I want to read she says that the easiest practice of reverence is simply to sit down somewhere outside preferably near a body of water, and pay attention for at least 20 minutes. It's not necessary to take on the whole world all at once. Just take the three square feet of earth on which you're sitting, paying close attention to everything that lives within that small estate. With any luck, you'll soon begin to see the souls and pebbles and ants in small mounds of moss and the acorn that's on its way to becoming an oak tree you may feel some tenderness for the struggling mayfly the ants are carrying away if you can see the water you may take time to wonder where it comes from and where it's going you may even feel the beating of your own heart that miracle of ingenuity that does not, that works through no instruction from you. You did not make your heart any more than you made a tree. You are a guest here. You've been given a free pass to this modest domain and everything in it. So try slowing down once a day and just zooming in on the beauty that's right in front of you or zoom out because life gets routine you know we we wake up in the morning and we find something to eat we start thinking about all the things we need to do that day we step outside and life looks pretty much just like it did yesterday same city same buildings same trees all of it rather ordinary But what happens when we zoom out and remember that we are on a giant rock traveling through space at 67,000 miles per hour? We exist in a universe that was once smaller than a single grain of sand. And then in one 10 million trillion trillion trillions of a second the universe sprang into being for reasons that we don't understand. And then one ten millionth of, a of a trillionth of a trillionth of a trillionth of a second later, gravity just emerged and gripped all that existed. And if that gravity had been a fraction stronger, the universe would have collapsed back on itself. And if gravity had been just a fraction weaker, the universe would not have been able, wouldn't stable enough to sustain planets. And the universe would have become an an empty wasteland of matter and empty space, which is of course different than what lies beyond the universe, because nothing lies beyond the universe, the universe, creates space as it expands into nothingness. And that makes no sense at all. <laughs> like our minds can't comprehend it. All we can do is stand back in reverence and awe. I, I was actually, as I, as I started looking uh, and researching reverence, I was surprised to find Carl Sagan the astrophysicist, who who noted that how is it that hardly any major religion religion has looked at science and concluded, this is better than we thought. The universe is much bigger and grander and more stable and more elegant than our prophets said. But instead, religion says, no, no, no. My God is a little God, and I want him to stay that way. A religion, old or new, that stressed the magnificence of the universe as revealed by modern science, might be able to draw forth reserves of reverence and awe hardly tapped by conventional faiths. And this is actually a... uh, a spiritual practice I use. It it feels a little bit funny to call it a spiritual practice because that's what it is, but I used to just call it a coping mechanism for stress. Um, But I think sometimes those are uh, overlapping a lot. Sometimes when I'm stressed, I just start thinking about how I exist in this one little corner of the earth, which is in one little corner of our galaxy, which is one of 200 billion galaxies that we know about and i just stand in awe of the intricate web of creation i stand in awe of a god that's the ground of all being that called forth all that is i remind myself that i can't understand why all i can do is be present in this moment and that that's reverence there's a a philosopher of course there's a philosopher who studies reverence this guy's name is Paul Woodruff And, and he said that that reverence is the recognition of something greater than ourselves something beyond human creation or control and for him he thinks that reverence is the most important virtue because if we're not reverent if we can't feel awe when we're around something greater than us, then we won't be able to respect the things that we think of as lower than we are. Like if we can't see a 500-year-old tree as ancient and sacred, it will be hard for us to respect the little stream that flows through our yard. Because reverence leads to care. Because we care about what's beautiful, just like God taught us to. So, I don't know, maybe God made the mountains and the glaciers and the sound so beautiful to inspire us to care for them. And also, I guess maybe that's one of the reasons why I find art so sacred. Because art isn't only beautiful, it also inspires us to feel reverence for one another. Like, Who among us has has watched a film and been brought to tears as we're filled with empathy and compassion? Or or who's heard music and been baffled by the creativity and skill that we just didn't think was possible? Or, Or who among us has looked at a painting and learned something about who we truly are? Art is beauty on a human scale, beauty created for one another that invites us to be reverent for one another, to to see the image of the creator in the glorious diversity of humanity. And I've I've been trying to be more like just sort of concrete and practical uh, this summer, which is actually why I called it Spiritual Practices. That's a bad name for a sermon series, by the way. Uh, It's not uh, catchy or clever, but I I wanted to say, like, this is something we try. And and awe is, is a little different. Like I said, we can't just conjure it, but we can practice being open to it. We can slow down and zoom out and marvel at creation. Or we can zoom in the beauty that's, that's right in front of us. We can seek out beauty on our screens, in our city, and in one another. And if we look for beauty around us, the world becomes just a little bit more beautiful, and we become a little bit more reverent. And, and that's my hope for us, and that's actually where I'm actually gonna close. Um, because yeah, usually as as I like finish a sermon, we have a little moment of reflection where the band plays a little bit of music and we have a uh, some space to think and consider. I want to do something just a little bit differently today. Um, I'm gonna play a clip of that show I went to where I found reverence and awe. Um, so Nathan, you want to hit the lights? Um, and now let's just take a moment to experience. Uh, the beauty of creation that comes to us through art.